Welcome to Building a Greener Idaho, your source for insightful conversations with diverse voices at the intersection of people, profit, and planet. Welcome, everyone, to Building a Greener Idaho. I'm your host, Austin Hopkins, and today I'm joined with two guests from the Idaho Walk Bike Alliance. I have Cynthia Gibson here and Bob Anthony. Welcome to Building a Greener Idaho. Hi, Austin. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so I, I always like to start out when we have guests come in with giving a brief introduction of, of who you're with, what you do, why you do it, how long you've been doing it, kind of the, the Cliff Notes version uh, in case anyone out there isn't familiar with your organization um, or, or wants to learn more about it. So what Idaho Walk Bike Alliance, give us the history. Um, what, what are you guys all about? So our organization started actually back in 2009. I joined them in 2012. And it started out of a bicycle congress at Boise State University when the federal money didn't come into the state any longer for bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure. So advocates from all over the state converged at Boise State and they tried to figure out what they could do about that. And they realized the states who are most successful for non-motorized transportation are the ones that have a statewide um, organization. So the board started us up. Wow. Yeah. And that's uh, so a couple interesting things there. Um, that you kind of noted this is a statewide group you guys work on bike and pedestrian stuff throughout the state um is that that's correct yeah exactly so our mission is to promote active transportation as healthy safe and reliable for all idahoans um and what our goal is is to make every community safe for people so they can get around without using a motor vehicle and in today's society, you know, we're pretty dependent on our cars. That's how we've built our communities. So we basically have built walking completely out of our communities. And we're trying to um, make our communities as safe as possible for everybody because there's kids who don't drive. We say from 8 to 80. So an 8-year-old should be able to get where he or she needs to go, school, store, grandma's house. And same thing for an 80-year-old who um, needs to you know, get around to their services and their friends as well. And a lot of times that's by walking or public transportation. Okay. And, and being a statewide group, who, when you guys are promoting these things, who is your typical audience? Are, are you working with, with state legislators? Are you working with cities or, or county commissioners? Um, uh, who do you guys work with? All of those. Yeah. <laughs> all of the above. And all more. of the above. And that's right. Bob's right. Yeah. I mean, we work with all of them. We work with um, Idaho Transportation Department. We work with mayors all over the entire state. We have yet to meet a mayor who doesn't want their community to be safer for people walking and biking by the way. We work at the legislature. We're trying to convince legislators um, that our state needs more facilities for walking and biking. Um, we are all over the place. We have board members all over Idaho, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so they help us in their communities. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's quite amazing to see such a statewide approach to this. It's really impressive. Um, so I'm curious, uh, what, what sort of stuff are you guys working on right now? What, what are the pressing issues that that are keeping you up at night or getting you excited or well the Idaho walk bike summit that's for sure yeah yeah we have our summit coming up next week and it's a it's our second one we did it two years ago and um, it's to bring people together you know we live in a big empty state 
And we forget that where we live down here in Boise because it's more crowded here. But um, people feel isolated in our state and they don't know what to do. And so they want change. So it's our opportunity to bring people together, to educate them, to, to let them learn from one another. Network opportunities, social gatherings, uh, that's all part of the summit because that's important time to just talk to one another. And what somebody's doing in Burley might help somebody in Coeur d'Alene. So we want that networking to happen. We want people to feel like they're part of one voice and they really can make a difference. And the other thing is because because we work at the state level and we're always working at the legislature, we want people to know that when you do something in your community, some say it's a simple walk to school day activity where you're gonna take 10 kids and walk them to school, invite your state legislator you know, get them to see that, let them understand that that's what we want and that will help us do what we're trying to do at the state level. So that's what the summit is for. Okay, great. And the, the summit real quick on the dates, what, what were the dates on that? May 16th through the 18th. Okay, so coming up just a little over a week now. Mm-hmm. And there's a complete schedule on our website at idahowalkbike.org. Okay, definitely. So folks can check that out if they're interested. Um, so we have the summit coming up. What are, I guess, uh, more on the, the policy side of things or or uh, advocacy side of things, What do, what's a day-to-day workload look like for you guys? <laughs> Uh, It's like spinning five different plates at the same time. While riding a bicycle, right? While riding a bicycle. It's, uh, uh, I've worked in the private sector and, uh, but I've never been so busy and there's never enough time to do everything you really want to do. Hmm. Is that correct? I'm is taking that... that as a compliment because I'm his boss. <laughs> yeah, as I like to say, she is the uh, organ grinder. I'm just the monkey. Okay. <laughs> That's only partially true. But, um, you know, running a small nonprofit with a staff of two, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we still have to fundraise, too. And covering the whole state. Too. And covering the whole state. I mean, there's a lot of traveling that comes into that. There are, you know, internal stuff like, you know, board meetings and having, you know, what? how do we get our board to become involved and help us? And, you know, fundraising events and writing grants and all of those things. And plus, we're trying to get state policy passed. So... We're busy, and we have amazing partners, too. I mean, we partner with other organizations that help us get the work done. Mm-hmm. We would be sunk without those partners, right? Because we just couldn't do it on our own. And um, so, and Unfortunately, we have to ask for money at times, too. Uh, Got to keep the doors open. There's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And it's the small donations that make the difference, because we also get money from grants. But when we get those small donations... Uh, with grant money, it's restricted. On, we can only spend it on certain things. Mm-hmm. We can get uh, small donations from folks. Uh, then we can ch- channel that money into where it needs to be spent. So that's more handy. And, you know, the other thing is, Austin, those um, getting people um, involved in our organization helps us with our messaging. You know, we're always trying to get more members because um, that's more people talking and writing letters to the Mm -hmm. editor or calling a legislator when we need them to take action on a bill that's going to get a vote on the you know house floor or something the next day so we just you know we need more bodies that's Mm. we want we want people involved and Cynthia talk about how much of a difference that makes when you um do a call to action uh 
it really does make a difference with those legislators. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it's an issue that comes up at the state house. You know, I've heard this old joke. A friend of mine said this a couple of years ago that this legislator was just like, I got bombarded with phone calls. I got two. And, you know, that's not very many phone calls, but every phone call matters. Every time you send an email to a decision maker, that really matters. And we can't forget that. And sometimes we think, oh, somebody else will do that. Well, not necessarily. And every time, you know, these people hear from the community, it makes them pause. And that's what we're trying to do because um, we're trying to get, for example, a Safe Routes to School bill passed. And... Safe Routes is about getting kids to be able to walk or bike to school safely. It's a national program. It's been incredibly effective. And um, we're trying to get a bill passed to get state funding and a state policy. We've been trying for a couple of years now, and we've had some, some pretty good success, but we haven't hit our final goal yet. And so when the bills come up for vote, we need people. Make a phone call. Mm. Send an email. And, boy, it can have an impact. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned you haven't you've had some success with the Safe Routes to School program, but you haven't hit that final goal. What what is that final goal? What what are you guys aspiring to to do there? We would like to have uh, state dedicated funding for the Safe Routes to School program. Um, we would like to see it um, every year dedicated for the program. So that means building sidewalks crosswalks, um, extending trails or pathways so that kids can walk or bike to school. And um, so that would be establishing a state policy and getting that money established. And um, yeah. You mean it's not just about moving cars? (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you this, Bob. We're going to have to talk. I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes sarcasm doesn't come through on the radio. No. (laughs) Uh, it's not just about moving cars. It's about uh, we need uh, infrastructure for all different types of transportation. And uh, many times where we have conflicts, we don't have that infrastructure. It's It might be bicyclists versus pedestrians or uh, uh, cyclists versus motorists. And it's because we're lacking the proper infrastructure most of the time. Are, are there any, I'm curious, with you guys being a statewide organization, are there any cities, most of our listeners are here, here in the Treasure Valley, but even beyond the Treasure Valley, are there any cities throughout Idaho that are really, you know, that infrastructure question or those policy questions are really doing a great job? Paris. Yeah, Paris, Idaho. I don't know how many of your listeners know about Paris, Idaho. It's a town of 700 down in southeast Idaho. And their mayor put in a road diet. Do you know what a road diet is? I I do not. So it was a four-lane road. Their main street is a state highway, so that's very typical in Idaho. It's either four or five lanes. Four-lane road, and the law enforcement was having a real problem with people speeding on their main street. And then one guy moved off main street because he has two little girls and wanted his kids to be able to play outside. So he left Main Street and went over to a side street. And the mayor was really upset about that. So he and um, Idaho Transportation Department designed what we call a road diet, where they took it from four lanes down to two lanes, one in each direction and a middle turning lane. And it slowed traffic down. And those are some very simple things you can do with paint. And ITD was already going to go in there and paint the road anyway. So they just revised the design of the road and we're starting to see examples like this all over the state of idaho um small towns you wouldn't even expect some of these towns potlatch i don't know if your listeners know where potlatch is it's up there just north of moscow and they the vision of the mayor is to have the entire town 
sidewalks everywhere and they they have two state highways so they have two barriers to get across and um so they just finally got their last round of funding and in a few years you're going to be able to walk from one end of potlatch to the other it's not that far but still on a sidewalk and that's been his goal and he did it and so you know all these great little towns um burley um, Emmett, Emmett is really doing some great stuff. They've got a mayor who's a big walker, and um, Sandpoint is doing phenomenal work. Bonner's Ferry, we see it all over the entire state. Wow, that's incredible to hear. Mm-hmm. It, it's so great to see so many people get behind this mission. Um, we're going to take a quick break here for just a second. Uh, folks, you're listening to Building a Greener Idaho. I'm here with uh, Cynthia Gibson and Bob Anthony from the Idaho Walk Bike Alliance. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for uh, our continued conversation. back to the Building a Greener Idaho show. I'm Austin Hopkins, and I'm here with the Idaho Walk Bike Alliance. I have Cynthia Gibson and Bob Anthony. Uh, we were just talking kind of about their history, the work that they do, why that they why they do it. Uh, and one of the things that came up was their Walk Bike Summit that's coming up next week, May 16th, 17th, and 18th. Um, and we were talking about all the different perspectives that, that people can come at walking and biking from it. You know, it's such a good thing where we heard about mayors from across the state getting behind this issue and really supporting it. And I just wanted to, to, to touch base with the summit. Um, there's so many things that go into walk biking, walking and biking and, and community. What sort of, what can people expect to learn? What sort of different perspectives can people expect to learn at the summit? Um, well, it's, that's a big question, and um, I'd like to touch on some of the speakers that we have coming in. Um, our keynote speaker on Thursday morning is um, a gentleman named Russ Roca. He's with The Path Less Pedaled, and what he does is he blogs about bicycle tourism, and he emphasizes small rural towns and what bicycle tourism can do for these towns. You know, Idaho is a pretty typical state as far as rural states go. We have small towns and um, not a lot going on, and they're getting smaller, and the population is aging, right? And so what he's saying and what he has proven to be true is that if you want your small town to see a little revitalization, you know, accommodate bike tourism, have a camping area or um, build some showers or, you know, we've seen other towns do some of these kinds of things. So he's going to be great. He's going to kick it off on Thursday morning and and talk about some of those things because a lot of our attendees are from rural Idaho. Um, some of the other speakers um, that we have will be talking about bike counts. You know, why do you need to count bicyclists? That's about data collection. Okay. Um, we'll do Vision Zero. Vision Zero is basically about um, accommodating the fact that humans make mistakes. So motorists make mistakes, and they potentially can kill somebody. So how do we design our roads so that if a motorist does something wrong, they don't kill somebody out there walking? And that's about road design and um, speed is a big issue of Vision Zero, slowing cars down. Um, we'll have um, 
people talking about intersections. What makes an intersection safe versus not safe? You know, let's go out and walk an intersection. Let's go out and walk some sidewalks and let's decide what's a good walking area versus not a good walking area. Um, Boise Bicycle Project, Jimmy Halliburton's going to be there and he's going to take folks down to BBP and talk about why they want to have something like BBP in their town. So it's there's a bike share. Oh, and bike share. Bike share will be there too, Dave Foch. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, just that from that list of speakers, we're hearing issues related to engineering, related to the economy, related to health and safety, related to the environment. I mean, it's it is quite impressive that this one issue come you you can come at it from fr- so many different angles. So, including land use planning too. Yeah, the built environment. That mm-hmm. you know, I you, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on this. But most folks in Idaho see the headlines. Idaho is one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing state. From your perspective, looking into the future, with so many people moving and, and so much development occurring so rapidly, how do we make sure that that bike lanes and walking infrastructure is on the table when we're making those plans? When we design roads, we need to think about the most vulnerable user first. And that is not the motorist. That is somebody in a wheelchair or visually impaired. If we start there and then we move up, so if we start with people who um, need special accommodations like ADA compliant facilities, you know, curb ramps, um, truncated domes, which are those yellow pads we see now at curbs when we try to cross the street. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things, up to people just walking on sidewalks, up to people riding their bicycle, and then we get into motor vehicles. So if we start with our with that in mind, designing roads and designing communities, then we create a safer environment. And those are also economically stronger communities than also, if you start with the car. Also where we put schools. Uh, <laughs> schools are obviously many times uh, put where the land is cheap, but that could be out in the middle of nowhere. And, how are the kids going to get there besides on a bus? So we, we also have to think about that. Uh, bike lanes, uh, bike paths, uh, proper sidewalks to the schools as well. Yeah, um, that, that's an interesting perspective. I haven't thought about the whole start with the most vulnerable user. Um, I really like that because if, if you know they're protected, then, of course, everyone less vulnerable is going to be protected as well. So um, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it also, I mean, just hearing you guys talk, that's so many people you have to connect with. You have to connect with community members. You have to connect with city officials, state officials, state agencies. Um, It it is quite impressive. And and do do you typically find that you start maybe with the community and work your way up? Or do you start with a a legislature and and kind of backtrack into a community? Or do you have a a typical system? You know, I think um, every community is different. And um, we find these people or they find us. Um, Typically, they are somebody who just wants to make a difference in their town. Maybe it's a mom who wants her daughter to be able to walk to school. And um, they don't know what to do. They don't know. They don't even know where to begin. They just know that this is something that they walked to school when they were a child. And so they want their kids to have that same opportunity. Um, We often do find that um, at the city level, they're pretty open to it to a certain degree. You know, we find that most cities really understand that a walkable city is a strong, economically vibrant, healthy place. Um, 
so we often will start with sort of this grassroots movement of just people and they want change and so we can help them out we bring them ideas for funding so they so they don't know where to go to get money we bring them tech, technical assistance you know we'll bring them what we can to help them get started we connect them to other communities or other advocacy groups that are having some success and help them do what they're doing and boy i tell you i've been doing this now five or six years and i've really seen some great progress oh, that's great yeah also we give a lot of input to transportation agencies about walking and bicycling infrastructure and also we lobby for to get our share of those funds and when you compare the amount of money spent on walking and bicycling infrastructure versus what is spent on cars it's just a small fraction and uh, we really have to fight for those funds uh, every legislative session. Funding, funding is, a, is a perennial issue. You know, I think every organization struggles with it, and um, we all wish we had more of it. Um, you, you know, before we went to a break, we, we had an opportunity to give a shout-out to some cities that are doing a really good job with this. I'm curious, um, kind of related to funding or planning or, or any of the work that you guys do, are there any individuals that have really been pivotal in some of the work you guys have been able to accomplish? Yes, definitely. So last year in 2017, um, Representative Matt Erpelding um, worked really hard to get state funding for um, sidewalks put in. They call it the Child Pedestrian Safety Program. And um, we were actually able to get $2 million into that pot. And we just approved about 12 sidewalk projects from around the state. Um, I say we, it was not necessarily the Idaho Walk Bike Alliance. We partnered with Idaho Transportation Department and other agencies. But um, uh, that means that there are sidewalks going into some of these towns. So we're very appreciative of his efforts and what he did to help us get that funding. We're hoping to see it again this year. It's a two-year bill, so we're hoping to see that this year. We don't know yet. It's tied to the um, budget surplus, so we just have to wait and see, but we're hopeful. Okay. Um, so, Representative Erpelding, any any other uh, city planners or community members or anyone else that really sticks out in your guys' mind? Or oh my gosh, I mean, there's so many great people that we work with. I I don't even know where I'd begin. I mean, the city of Boise is phenomenal to work with. There are legislators who are you know very supportive of what we do. Uh, many of them are here in Boise. Some are outside in other areas. Um, just there's a great group of people. I think it's also important for the electorate out there to ask their state legislators how they feel about walking and bicycling infrastructure and proper funding for it because we also unfortunately have some legislators in it and sometimes it just takes one legislator that could be a committee person and would put a uh, bill in their drawer mm. and it never sees the light of day, never gets any uh, hearing by other human beings in the committee much less uh, in the House or the Senate. And, and if you just have one legislator that is not buying into uh, our organization and what we stand for, that's all it takes. So I think it's really important for people to ask their legislators, you know, if they really want to see something done, how they feel about walking and bicycling infrastructure. Because it could take just one legislator holding up progress. 
Hmm. And we've had that. We, we've had that. We've had a legislator who stuck our bill in the drawer for two years. So we know exactly what that feels like. And it's, um, it's a real struggle, right? Because you feel as though if that bill could get out and get into that committee and then get onto the floor, you feel like it would be supported. You, you know, we believe that we had built up enough support. You'd at least have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Or at least get a vote out so then we know how the legislators stand on it. So that is a frustrating situation, and we have dealt with that. So the phone calls do make a difference, and um, constituents, their voice is very powerful. Mm, good, good to know, and, and sounds like sounds like a struggle. Um, we just have a couple minutes left here, and I, I kind of want to close with, with asking you guys this. In, in 20 years, what would you love to see Idaho look like? What, what's your dream? If you had to describe the walking and biking throughout the state of Idaho to someone thinking about moving here or who had just moved here, what's your vision and and, and how does that look? Every, every city and town looking like Amsterdam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's not realistic, but... But, you know, what? that's a great question. I think, to Bob's answer, you know, what I would like to see is the political will to to recognize that this is really important. And there's a reason why so many people bike in Amsterdam, right? I mean, they're healthy. They don't even think about it. They just get on their bike and they go, right? And It didn't start that way either. That's right. Uh, exactly. So that was political will. I mean, the, the community rose up and said, enough, we've had all these deaths, and we want something to change. And what I would like to see is that culture change in our state. And so we might not look like Amsterdam in 20 years, but if the culture changes, we might look like that or something close to it in 40 years. But it starts with embracing the fact that what we're doing now doesn't work. We built a transportation system that we cannot afford and we cannot maintain and it's not doing anything for us, but we all are dependent on that. And what we want is for our leaders to say, we need to do something different. And what's your quality of life when you're sitting in one of those five lanes out there on the flying Y, uh, it backs up now i mean i I grew up here and i remember that the interstate was just two lanes not very heavily trafficked now we have five lanes and what 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 happens when you build another lane i mean any planner will tell you that that gets congested eventually and what's your quality of life when you're sitting in traffic out there for 20 30 minutes versus like cynthia and i we're able we live close to where we work and we're able to bike to work every day and I can tell you, our commute is a lot better than those people sitting out there at the Flying Y. And and what's that worth to you as far as your time sitting out there in traffic? And and what about your health, too? Yeah, these are great things to think about. And, and we encourage everyone listening in. And, um, you know, being behind handlebars is much better than being behind a steering wheel stuck yeah. in traffic. Um, I am confident that in 20 years, Idaho is going to be an amazing place to bike and walk because of the work you guys are doing. So thank you for doing this. Not only all the work you do day in and day out, but taking the time to come talk to us. Um, Folks, you've been listening to Building a Greener Idaho with Cynthia Gibson and Bob Anthony of the Idaho Walk Bike Alliance. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Austin. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Building a Greener Idaho here on Radio Boise. We're on the web at buildingagreeneridaho.org. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Build Green Idaho. Let us know what you think, share ideas for topics you'd like to hear about, and see what we have coming up next week. Thanks for tuning in to Building a Greener Idaho.